This chapel message is brought to you by the Christian Medical and Dental Associations. I'd like to, you uh, to turn in your Bibles this morning, if you have one, to James chapter 4, verse 10. I want to talk to you about something that's been kind of on my heart and my mind for the last uh, few days. And uh, I'm going to talk about drawing near. I mentioned that in my prayer. A tremendous passage of Scripture here in James chapter 4. I'm going to pick up the reading of verse 4 and then read down through verse 10. Adulterers and adulteresses, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God. Whoever therefore wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Or do you, do you think that the scriptures say in vain, the spirit who dwells in us yearns jealously? But he gives more grace, therefore he says. God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Therefore submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Notice verse 8. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Lament and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he will lift you up. I'm going to look at verse 10 this morning. Um, draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Some of you saw on my Facebook page this week that I, made a, I was on a mission trip this week to Lexington, Kentucky to see my grandson. And uh, my son needed some help uh, in, in, uh, with his, um, some projects around the house. I don't know why this isn't, there it goes. Uh, needed some help around the house. And so Cheryl says, we got to go help him with some projects around the house. And I said, here's the deal. I'll help as long as Judah's sleeping. And anytime Judah's sleeping, I'll be glad to help out. But otherwise, I'm giving my, all my attention to him. So we had some papa time and some Judah time. It was really, really great. And then every once in a while, other people wanted to grab him and hold him as well. But he has this thing. I don't know if you can see it here. I, I, we had just sat down at the restaurant and Cheryl had said, it's my turn. And she takes him and he's reaching out his hands to me right there as I'm, as I'm getting ready to snap this photo. Now, what do you think I did when he did this? Huh? It didn't matter that Cheryl had just got him, right? My, my natural instinct was to grab him. Now, same in fairness, he did that to her as well, and she would take him. We had this thing going on. He just kept going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, because all he had to do was go like this, and it was the sign, like, I need you. I need you to come in, and I need you to move. That's all he had to do was make a move, and we quickly made our moves as well. Um, and so I want to talk about this idea today about the law of the draw. The law of the draw, because I think it's an incredible thing that we need to understand when it comes to our spiritual lives, this idea of when, when we draw near to God, it's a, it's a law, God's promise that he's given us in the scripture, when we draw near to him, he will draw near to us. All it takes is some movement on our part. All it takes is an action on our part where we show that we want, we want to draw close, we want to embrace, we want to encounter the living God. I loved what A.W. Tozer said. He said this, every man, everyone is as close to God as he wants to be. Every person is as close to God as he wants to be. And I just want you to think about that for just a second. You are as close to God as you desire to be. 
And I had this image that came to my mind of this auditorium. And it's open seating, okay? And, and you get there early. And there's all kinds of people in this world, right? There's all kinds of people. And they can get there early. If you're like me, I love to get there early. And, and I'm always talking about getting a good seat, right? And it depends on who you are and the kind of personality you have, whether, where you're going to sit. But you walk into this auditorium, and, and on the stage there is going to be the performance and, the, and, and what you're about to see in this auditorium. And you have a choice. All the seats are open. Where do you sit? You choose. I mean, this is not a ticketed event where to be down front in that lower floor section, you have to have a special VIP pass. Or to be on the first couple rows, you have to be a VIP. Or, you know, you just afforded, you got the cheapest tickets you could get, and they're the seats up here, and the, the so far away you can hardly see. Now, this is open seating. And, and so you've come into the presence of God, and you come in and you decide, where do I want to sit? And a lot of us, we approach God's presence, and we just walk in, the place is empty, and we sit in the back because this, this is close enough. For some people, they don't even want to get in the building, right? But the fact that they're in the building, they're seeing and aware of what's going on is good enough for them. But that's not what the Scriptures called us to do. Draw near to God, and He will draw near to you. We choose where, where we're, what we're going to do. We choose how we're going to act. We choose how we're going to draw near to God. And, and, and when we draw near to God, the Bible says the law of the draw is that he will draw near to us. I, I want to highlight for you in verse 5 of, of the scripture that we read uh, together uh, this morning, this idea of the spirit who dwells within us. It says in verse 5, Or do you think that the scripture says in vain that the spirit who dwells in us yearns jealously? That's an interesting phrase that James writes about. The spirit of God that dwells within us that yearns jealously. What does it mean to yearn? Why is the Spirit of God, God's very own presence, why is the Spirit yearning within us jealously? You know why? Because it is the Spirit of God, the third person of the Trinity, that is, desires to be in, in fellowship, desires for us to be in fellowship with Almighty God, that desires for us to make a move, to move up in our seating, to move closer, to draw closer, to experience a better uh, experience uh, of, of the presence of God in our lives. It's the Spirit of God who yearns within us and is drawing us to make a move. In fact, in John chapter 6, verse 44, it says this, No man can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him. How does the Father draw us? Through his Spirit. The Spirit is drawing us to come close to God. And the Bible says in the law of the draw that if we draw close to him, he will draw close to us. That's what James chapter 4, verse 8 says. It's the law of the draw. Now, a couple things we have to understand about that is it's, uh, there's a big difference between being in a, cloud and being, a crowd and being close, right? You, you get a chance to draw. If you've ever been in these kind of uh, situations, it's the Bristol race, you know, um, and, and you could be there with a huge crowd of people. But it doesn't mean you're, you just sat down next to someone. You're very close to them in proximity but doesn't mean you're close to them in intimacy. Doesn't mean that you know their name. Doesn't mean that you know anything about them. And uh, in fact, it was several years ago at the Bristol race, when I lived here the first time, I sat down to some stranger and he was telling me about his wild weekend and what he was doing. And it was kind of embarrassing, to be honest with you, the stuff he was telling me. And, and then he says to me, what do you do for a living? And I said, well, <laughs> I'm a preacher. Man, it just, there's like a red sea that kind of happened between us. It was really, really kind of funny. He was trying to get to know me and and uh, I, didn't, I didn't make a big deal about what he was doing. But there, there's a difference between being uh, close to someone in proximity and close to someone in familiarity. It's a big difference. 
And the word that Jesus, that James is describing here is not a proximity word. It's not a, okay, we're, we're in the room together, and we're not very close, we work together, we're not in, a, in any strong, deep relationships together. It's not that kind of proximity. It's not just get in, go to church, I was in the building, God was there, and, and everything's fine. No, it's not proximity, it's familiarity. It's about relationship. In fact, the Greek word that's used here is a word that describes extreme closeness. Draw close to God. The law of the draw is draw close to God. Extreme closeness. Reach out, and he will draw extremely close to you. I love Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16. It says, let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace. We can come confidently into this arena of God's presence. We can come in with full confidence, drawing near to the throne of grace, that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in our time of need. And oftentimes we'll talk about things like, I just feel so distant from God. I'm going through this circumstance right now, I'm going through this situation right now, and God just seems forever far away. And if you've ever been through an experience like that, you know exactly what I'm talking about. So what do you do? Make a move. Draw close. Lift your hands. Make a gesture. Move, move in your seating. Draw close to God. And the law of the draw is that he will draw near to us. You remember the story about Moses in, Ex- in Acts chapter 7? It's an incredible story. Moses' life is divided into three 40-year periods of life. First 40 years, he's raised in the palace, and he's got all these wonderful things that happen to him. He's raised uh, in, in the king, in, in, the, in the, the Pharaoh's palace, and and then all of a sudden, he goes to stand up for his people, and, and now he's on the run. He's in the backside of the desert because he thought he had some talents. He had some gifts that he could use for God, and God could surely use him. He'd just kind of step in. And so for the next 40 years, he's in the desert, and, and the, we call it Desert University, right? Have you ever been to that? And God's teaching you. He's refining you and kind of changing some habits that you have. And, and, and the intention is to draw close to God in that desert period of time. Oftentimes, we resist it. So the Bible says in, in Acts chapter 7, verse 30, And when 40 years had passed, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire in a bush in the wilderness of Mount Sinai. And when Moses saw, he marveled at the sight. I love this imagery of Moses seeing this. And just imagine that you're, you're, you're Moses and you've been out in the backside of the desert, desert, taking desert classes at Desert University for all these almost 40 years. And you, off in the distance you see this, Flaming fire. Now, that'd be a, not an unusual sight in the desert, right? Because there's all these dry bushes and, and things that would, could have caught on fire, the heat could have caught on fire. But, but what happens when you have some dry bush that uh, catches on fire? You would have seen that all the time in the last 40 years, but what would happen? It would burn up quickly. This is not burning up. And so you kind of notice out of the corner of your eye that there's a bush that's on fire, but it's not burning up. It's just the intensity staying the same. So what do you do? You go, oh, look at that bush over there and just keep on going on, right? Not Moses. He, he notices, he sees this bush that will not be devoured. And, and so it says in the scripture, it says, when he saw it, remember what it says? As he drew near. Very interesting phrase. Because it's the law of the draw. And so what we see in this incredible passage of scripture is, Moses saw it, but when he saw it, he began to draw near. He got closer to the bush and the closer he got to the bush, the more he began to sense the presence of God. And listen to what happens. As he drew near to observe, the voice of the Lord came to him. The voice of the Lord came to him. 
When did the voice of the Lord come to uh, Moses? Was when he was like, oh, I saw the bush. It was incredible. He didn't hear God speaking when he saw the bush. He didn't hear God speaking if he was going to walk away from the bush. But when he saw the bush and when he applied the law of the draw and he began to get closer and we began to draw closer to the bush, the scripture says that he began to hear the voice of the Lord. It's an incredible principle. As you draw near him, you begin to hear him. As you draw near him, you begin to hear him. Now, we go back to this law of the draw because a lot of times we're sitting there going, I just don't feel the presence of God in my life like I used to. There's like this distance, it's this far gap that's in, in, in my, my spiritual life. And I just feel, what, God, would you just do something? Would you, would you send a revival to my spirit? Would, would the spirit within me yearn uh, to have a deeper intimacy with God? Uh, and and we, we're praying for God to do these incredible things. And this is all it takes. I'm thinking about Judah, my grandson, this morning. All it takes is, and you come in because you love that child. And all it takes is for us to make some sort of movement to draw near. It's the law of the draw. As we draw near, we begin to hear God speak. Now, desire is frequently diminished without determination. Desire is frequently diminished without determination. Paul said, I want to know Christ and the power of the resurrection. And oftentimes the verbiage will be correct. We'll, we'll, we'll talk correctly, like saying the right things. We want to experience and encounter the presence of God. But we're not doing this. We're not drawing near. We're not getting closer to the bush. We're just kind of going through life. Oh, that was pretty cool. We saw a bush on fire. And we're going on to the next thing, the next thing, and the next thing. And we just, we're not taking the time to stop and draw near to God. And so consequently, why do we feel so distant in our relationship? Because we've not drawn near. I love these. Have you ever seen these bumper stickers? They're on the back of vehicles all the time. Are you following Jesus this closely? <laughs> I love that verse thing. I want to include it in my PowerPoint here. Three warnings about the law of the draw. There's three things we have to understand biblically. It will help us because it's not just a matter of the law of the draw. If you draw near to God, he will draw near to you, right? So it's, it's, it's the principle, but three warnings. Number one, you can easily be distracted and drawn away. I mean, because there, there, at one point, all of us, we were, if we accepted Christ, we were in love with Jesus. We were on fire for him. We, we just couldn't get enough of the word. We were just soaking it in. But then what happens? Here's what I want you to know about the law of the draw. If you draw close, if you get close to God, he will draw close to you. It's, it's this simple, right? But here's the warning. You can easily become distracted and be drawn away from that passion and pursuit. It says in James chapter 1, verse 14, 15, but each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires, his own evil desires, and enticed. Then when desire is conceived, it gives birth to sin, and when sin is full grown, it gives birth to death. Where does that come from? Where does, where does this draw away come from? Our own evil desires. That's, that's the catch. Because we may be like Moses and we may get, draw close and we begin to hear God and then we get easily distracted by our own desires and the other desire for other things that come into our lives and they begin to choke out that passion for drawing close to God. And God's in the bush. He's, he's not changed. He's not moved. But we've become distracted. It's a very, very dangerous thing. There is a tremendous pull by the world to be distracted from being drawn to the very presence of God. And we have to understand that. That's why James, when he's setting up this incredible thing, 
in James chapter 4, it says you've got to resist the devil and he will flee from you. You've got to draw near to God and he will draw near to you. But in the midst of that, he talks about this friendship with the world is to be enmity with God. You can't be a friend of the world and a friend of God at the same time. If, if the world is your draw, you'll you're easily be enticed and drawn away from the things of the world. And it's a very, very dangerous thing. Deuteronomy 30, verse 17 and 18 says this, But if in your hearts you turn away so that you do not hear and are drawn away and worship other gods and serve them, I announce to you today that you shall surely perish you shall not prolong your days in the land which you crossed over the Jordan to go and to possess. What happens? The law of the draw is, is something when we draw close, he draws close, but we can't get distracted. But it's easily, we can easily become distracted. The second thing I want you to see about a warning about this law of the draw is that you can draw near with your mouth, but not with your heart. Scripture says we can draw near with our mouth and not with our heart. Do, do you, how many of you speak another foreign language? Okay, a couple of you. How many of you speak Christianese? We all do, right? Because here's the thing. We, we've been a Christian. We've been following the Lord long enough. We know the right things to say. Even if, it's not, even if it's not genuine in our hearts sometimes. We just know, okay, well, this is what I ought to be saying, right? And yes, he's talking about drawing near to God. Yeah, I want to draw near to God. I want to be closer to God than I've ever been before. And we know the right things to say. But listen to what Scripture says in Matthew 15, verse 8. These people draw near to me with their mouth. And they honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Jesus is quoting the book of Isaiah here, Isaiah 29, verse 13. Just, just a few examples of this. Remember Peter? As, as Jesus is preparing to be crucified, he's preparing his disciples for that last moment, that last supper. He's explaining to them everything that's going to take place, and you'll betray me, you'll, I'll, I'll, I'll be going to the cross alone, and what does Peter say? Lord, if all these other people, I mean, they, these, these guys here, they're not as, as committed as I am. Uh, this is the Burt version, right? And, and so he, he's just going on about how uncommitted they are. Lord, you can count on me no matter what happens. You can count on me and I'll, I'll be there right for you. And that, that, I'll just be there. And what happens? So he, he follows at a distance. What happens? When, when Peter was close, when he had drawn close to Christ, when he was in the presence of Christ, he's doing some ridiculous things. He's, he's chopping off a soldier's ear, you know, right? Who does that with a legion of soldiers behind the guy? He's, that's the kind of uh, uh, courage he has. But all of a sudden, he's following at a distance. Remember, it's not easily to be, it's, it's easy to be distracted and drawn away by our own evil desires. And so Peter's afraid of what may happen to him. So he's, he's following Jesus at a distance. And a little girl comes up to him and says, Hey, aren't you one of his? No, 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 no. I'm not one of his. And I think yeah, you must be. No, 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 I'm not one of his. And he denies Christ and hears the rooster crow. Why? Here's the problem. He was saying the right things. He was drawing near to Christ with his verbiage, with his mouth, with his lips. His heart was far from him. In fact, in Luke chapter 22, verse 47, the illustration of when Jesus, when Judas, when Judas betrays Jesus, you know what he does? He shows up. The Bible says he drew near Christ and he kissed him. And what was that? It looks good. It looks like friend. He even said the word friend, right? He draws near to Christ. He kisses him. And all it was was a symbol. Who, to, who the one that you should arrest? He betrayed Jesus with a kiss. Hebrews 10 verse 2 says this, Let us draw near with a true heart, 
in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from the evil consciences and our bodies washed with pure water. Listen, why this is so important is because uh, you can draw near with your mouth and not with your heart. And so we have to draw near with a true heart. The third one is you can draw back in your pursuit of Christ. As I thought about this one, I thought about how many of you at one time had something you were in hot pursuit of, a hobby, a habit, uh, something that you had, like you were going to get into woodworking, you were going to get into stamping, you were going to get into sewing. And, and so what do you do? What do we as Americans do when we're, we got hot on this idea? This is going to be my new hobby. I'm going to get into golfing. I'm going to get into fishing, whatever, whatever the case may be. We have to go out and buy everything related to that. Remember these things? And as I'm talking right now, some of you are thinking, yeah, my attic is full of this stuff. My basement is full of this stuff. My closets are full of this stuff. And my last yard sale was full of this stuff, right? Because we get on these habits, like, I'm going I'm I'm to get into this. And we get into extreme, extreme sports of that kind of stuff. And I'm, we buy everything that we have that goes with it. And then all of a sudden, we shift. And we're no longer in the stamping mode. We're no longer in the cooking mode. We're never longer in the whatever it is that all of us have, have in, in our basements. And the next thing we do is we give it to Goodwill or we give it at the yard sale. We donate it, and it's gone in hot pursuit. Well, the Bible talks about some of the hot pursuits, Revelation chapter 2 and Revelation chapter 3, about losing our first love and becoming lukewarm. What happens? We had a desire to draw near, and then we got sidetracked. We began to verbalize things, but we're no longer, we've been drawn back from our pursuit of Christ. This is, this is a subtle trick of the enemy. You don't have to quit just draw back a little bit. Don't be as committed. Don't, don't, don't sit as close. Don't draw as close. Don't get as close to the bush. Just be an observer. Be, be like a backseat observer. Just kind of in your faith, just kind of look at the backseat. You can at least see what's going on, but don't, don't really draw close. It's a subtle trick of the enemy. It's an incredible verse of Scripture here, Hebrews 10, 38 39. Now the just shall live by faith, but if anyone draws back, my soul has no pleasure in him. But we are not of these who draw back to perdition, but of those who believe to the saving of the soul. This word draw back, that I'm talking about so easily to draw back, and Satan loves for us to do, is a sailing term. And so what happens? You're out sailing. A couple years ago, uh, Cheryl and I went sailing. I was on a sabbatical, and it was just the funnest experience of my life. I learned so much about life and leadership on that sailing, on that boat. But one of the things that when you drop the sail, you're out cruising on the waters. You're out on Lake Erie. You're cruising, and all of a sudden, the, the sails get dropped, and you're no longer being carried around in the direction you plan on going. All of a sudden, the sails drop, and before long, you're coasting. Before long, after that, you begin to drift a little bit. Depending on the way the wind's blowing, you're not, you're, whichever way the waves are going, you begin to drift because you no longer have your sails up because you've drawn back. And then before long, if you're not careful, you can become shipwrecked because you dropped your sails. And you dropped that pursuit and the passion Christ. Well, just briefly, what are some three prerequisites for the law of the draw? Three things that James says. I'm going to just go fly through these real quickly. You can look them up later. Number one is repentance. It says in James chapter 4, verse 9, cleanse your hands, you sinners. It talks about lamenting, mourning, and weeping. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to gloom. 
These are, these are terms that deal with our sin. These are sorrow for our, our sin. Cleanse your hands, you sinners. So one of these, we want to draw to God. We can't just, uh, God will accept us and our sin. He'll forgive us. But we've got to walk into his presence. We've got to draw closer with a, with a repentant heart. God resists the proud, right? He's a repentant heart and going into God's presence saying, God, forgive me. I, I've drifted. I've, I've wandered away. I'm not, I've dropped the sails in my pursuit of you. And, and so, Lord, I repent. Lord, I, I want to draw near to you. I want to show you that my passion is to draw close to you, and I want you to draw close to me. Hebrews chapter 7, verse 5 says, Consequently, he is able to save to the uttermost those who draw near to God through him, since he always lives to make intercession for them. In fact, in Luke chapter 15, verse 1 and Matthew 21, you have this incredible story of tax collectors and sinners who are coming to Christ. Why? Before all the Pharisees. Why? Because it says in both of those passages of scriptures that the tax collectors and Pharisees drew near to Jesus. The second thing that we have to understand is not only repentance, but purity. Pure, cleanse your hands. That's the repentance part. Purify your hearts. Purity is essential. Purify your hearts. Psalm 24, verse 3 and 4 says this, Who may ascend in the hill of the Lord, and who may stand in his holy presence? He who has clean hands and a pure heart. We've talked about repentance. We've talked about purity. Those two things are essential when we walk in and move into the presence of God. The third thing is humility. James chapter 4, verse 6 and verse 10 says, God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Verse 10, humble yourself in the sight of the Lord, and he will lift you up. God will not abide in pride. You've got to understand that. So there's three things that are essential. It's not just the law of the, the draw. If we draw close to God, he will draw close to us. We have to understand, I need to draw close with a repentant heart, cleanse my hands as a sinner. I need to purify my hearts, let God cleanse me, purify my, my mind, my actions, and then humble myself in the sight of the Lord. Lord, I've, I've totally messed up. I, I've, I have not been as faithful. I have not been intentional. I have not been drawing close to you and, and Lord I just I come in, in in humility. See remember the law of the draw if your spiritual life has become stagnant make a move. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. David said in Psalm 73 verse 28, it is good for me to draw near to God. It is good for me and I will tell you this this morning. It's good for David, it's good for me, and it's good for you as well to draw close to God. You know, this building is here. We talk about the Supreme Court a lot and uh, a, lot of, a lot of opinions about the Supreme Court right now, things that they do and don't do and things that we'd like them to do and things that we're glad that they've done and all that kind of stuff. But I read an interesting story uh, that I thought really applied to this. When the Supreme Court is in session, at uh, 10 a.m., as the Supreme Court justice and the associate justices come out, the marshal then appears to all those who have gathered in the Supreme Court and begins to uh, uh, holler out this phrase, Oh, yay, oh, yay, oh, yay. The Supreme Court of the United States is now in session, and all are admonished to draw near. It's an interesting way to start off this court session. 
as the court is called into session, people have gathered in the Supreme Court room, why would you need to, oh yay, oh yay, oh yay, anyone who's already in the room? Because being present is not enough. When we have business before the high court, we are called, those who are there, are called to draw near and to present their case before the Supreme Court. And the law of the draw is the same. Oh yay, oh yay, oh yay. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit is drawing us into a relationship with Him. And He's declared the court is now in session. And we decide, are we going to be in the back as a spectator? Are we going to sit and observe? Are we going to come boldly with confidence and draw near to God in our time of need and see the law of the draw come to play in our lives as he draws close to us? There's the law of the draw. Remember this today. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Father, I pray today that you'd help us to understand the simplicity of this verse of Scripture in James chapter 4, verse 8. And Lord, I pray for any of our staff today who may be wrestling uh, with not feeling as close to God as they used to. And Lord, I pray that you'd use this simple reminder about the warnings about the law and about the requirements to repent, purity of heart, and life, and humility. And Lord, I pray that as we reach out to you, you will reach out to us. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.